Fridays, mabuhay sa inyong lahat! It's Archie, your host, and continuing with our Community Cultivator Series for Filipino Heritage Month here in Canada, we have Raquel Stewart from Buko Baba. But before we get right into the episode, I wanted to share with you how I fell in love with Buko Baba. When I first purchased the Coco Jam, um, the classic version, and the Coco Jam with Cacao, I instantly fell in love with the flavor because it reminded me so much of home. And it specifically reminded me of the merienda treats that I would have when I was in the Philippines growing up in Negros Occidental or in Victoria, uh, specifically known as the Sugar Bowl region of the Philippines. Um, I grew up on uh, Kalamayhati, which is a sticky rice cake with uh, muscovado sugar, coconut milk, um, and the latik from the coconut residue. So I was instantly surprised when I tried Bukobaba and it, it had that, you know, distinct flavor, that distinct coconut flavor from the Philippines. There's nothing like it. Um, when you get to try, you know, latik, when you get to try kalamayhati, when you get to try, you know, pilit, uh, there's just such a distinctive fl- coconut flavor to it. It's almost like smoky, burnt, um, so rich in flavor that... You know, it just took me right back to what it was like in the Philippines. So I am such a huge fan of Bukobaba, such a huge fan of Raquel, such an inspiring lady for such a young age. And we are so excited for you to get to know her, get to know her business and continue to celebrate Philippine products that are making its stamp in the world stage. So without further ado, please welcome to the show Raquel from Bukobaba. Hi, Raquel. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Yes. Welcome to Filipino Fridays. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, we're obviously so excited to get to chat with you. And thank you for being one of our featured guests for our Community Cultivator Series for Filipino Heritage Month. Um, but before we get right into it, please tell our listeners who you are, what you do, and the story behind Buko Baba. Yes. Yes. So my name is Raquel Stewart. I'm the owner and founder of Bukubaba Essentials. We're a small family-owned business here in Vancouver, BC. And uh, we started this company back in 2019. But the idea actually started in 2017. So I'll give you a short backstory of how it all started. Um, It actually began in 2016 when my mom, she she got really sick. And so I was just graduating from high school and, and, uh, it was really hard for the whole family. Um, she ended up going to a hospital and she, the doctor told her she had to be in all this medication, but she was like, I don't want to be in all this medication. I think there's a better way. And so she ended up, um, doing more research of how she could help heal her body with food, using food as medicine. And it really, 
influenced the way our whole family started to eat. And so, you know, we started cutting out a lot of um, processed food, a lot of the sugar, um, and we started eating more whole foods and cooking with oils such as coconut oil. Um, And so that's where it started, where we had this idea that, okay, we need to start eating healthier as a family. Um, And then fast forward, my mom went to the Philippines by herself and she discovered um, an organic coconut farm. And the way that they made the coconut oil there, uh, they used no heat. So it kept all the micronutrients and fatty acids intact. And she thought this is the best coconut oil I've ever seen. I'd love to bring this back to Canada. She uh, brought to us some of the samples and my whole family loved it. And um, it wasn't until uh, 2017, 2018, during New Year's, our whole family got to go back to the Philippines to visit our family. But we also got to visit that farm my mom initially discovered. And when I saw it for myself, the way they from the coconuts to the jar, just the way they produced it and all the love that goes into it and the quality of the coconut oil. That's when I was inspired to really take on this project to bring these high quality coconut um, food products here to Canada. And so we finally got, uh, Buka Baba was finally incorporated in 2019 in the spring. And so that's how we started. And um, we're learning as we go. It's a family, small owned business, um, but it's been such a great journey um, running this with my family. Fabulous. Wow. What a great, you know, kind of origin story. So, you know, upon discovering the high quality, you know, cold press production of the coconuts, you know, can you take us through the journey of getting to know the farmers, the producers and following that production journey? You know, we saw a little video intro video um, from your website and it's so cool to see them kind of just you know really harvest the coconuts lug that onto the horse and bring it through and you and we watch you kind of follow through the journey can you share with us kind of what that was like yes it's amazing I really I have this dream that I could somehow get people to come with me to the Philippines and so they could just see it for themselves because it's amazing how they how they do it um so Originally, it was my mom who first connected with the farmers. And there was one farmer in particular that we connected with. He showed us around the whole farm. His name is Tom, and he's one of the coconut pilots. And so they're the ones that climb the coconut trees. They're the ones that get the coconuts, put it on the horse, and they hike back up and down, um, bringing the coconuts to the to the factory. And so um, the whole experience, we have to hike up, actually, about an hour just to get to the farm no way that's a whole trek (laughs) that is a workout right there Uh, it's amazing. It, it is. It really is. And then plus the Philippine heat. It's crazy. Oh, man, yeah. but, so it's a lot of work, but that's where they um, that's where they have the farm. And so the whole process is so amazing. So they they only um, harvest the highest quality um, coconuts. And there's a certain there's a certain season that they need to harvest it. So it can't be too old that it's actually a copra coconut. That's the kind of coconut that has a hard 
um, inner meat. The white part is hard and the water is not really drinkable. And then there's a young coconut. That's when mm. the meat is really soft. It's almost like jelly. Wow. And then the water is very sweet. But ours, we have to find it's right in the middle. So it's not young. It's not copra. It's in the middle. And we only harvest those ones for our coconut oil. And so... Yeah, we, we saw the whole process of how they get it down. They have to dehusk it, which is a lot of work. Um, and then they pile it onto uh, some horses that help them get back down the mountain and into the facility where it will be um, manufactured and processed. And so it's very small. It's a very small facility. Maybe there is about, mm, I want to say like 10 workers there in the facility. And we got to see the whole process of how it's made. And what amazed me is that, you know, they could have a method where they use heat and that way they would be able to produce actually more coconut oil and it would be faster and cheaper. But they really believe that they want to preserve the quality of the coconut. And so instead of heat, mm -hmm. we um, the oil is separated through time and a certain temperature. And so, you know, I just love the fact that they're really um, focusing on the quality of the product, not just making a lot of it. And so I know people in Vancouver would really appreciate that because we are looking for the highest quality products to put into our bodies, to put onto our skin, to use in our hair. So this is, I guess, what inspired me. And I was really just humbled to see how hard they work to make this product. And I was blessed to be educated by them um, while I was there. And it was just such a fun time being with the farmers and seeing how family oriented they are too. Like I can see that they're doing this to support their families. They're doing this because they're loving what they're doing, but they're doing it because they are supporting their families. And it's also part of the mission that we want to be part of uh, for Buko Baba is helping these farmers, supporting them, supporting their families and um, all the hard work that they do there. Fabulous. You know, um, you mentioned quality and high quality. And, you know, before people wouldn't think of like Filipino products as high quality. And you mentioned to me when we first chatted, you know, it's like, no, we can produce really high quality things. We work really hard. Like I could see it, you know, with my two eyes, how much we work hard to create such high quality product. Mm -hmm. And then that lit that fire and spark, you know, to, okay, you know what, I want to share this with everybody. Mm -hmm. I want to share this as part of my culture. Um, I want to share that Filipino products are high quality, yes. like Italian and Japanese, you know, quality products are in the way that we value that. Can you share with us when that moment happened for you? Yes. And like how it inspired, you know, Bukubaba to, yeah, how it inspired the start of Bukubaba. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, Maybe I'll share this part. I used to be in business school. I was in business school for about a semester and a half. I didn't last that long. I just thought... That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Girl, let me jump in here a little bit. Yeah. I started radio for a year or a semester didn't continue with it and here we are so here we are <laughs> i went to social working for a year and now i'm here doing a podcast so there we go so you know same thing it's like when we first kind of you know start something like that doesn't really quite work for us but that doesn't mean that it's the end so like yeah. here we are you know 
in like you had your first season business school and it's like that's okay i'm going to do my business in this way yes. and then same with my our you know our experience yeah. same with my experience i started with radio i didn't quite continue with that uh, for school and then i switched into visual arts and then here we are still back into podcast so <laughs> it works out it works out i just yes. wanted to jump in there and it's just amazing how that happens but sorry carry on <laughs> yeah no it's awesome um yeah, I just thought that, you know, for for sure, there are certain things that you need to go to school for in order to, um, you know, you know, if you want to be in a doctor, if you want to be an engineer, you know, you have to go yeah, to school. Yeah, for sure. But for me, I knew I've always wanted to own a business. I just didn't know what yet. But I was just seeing the people that were graduating, they weren't necessarily doing the things I wanted to do. And I really look up to my mom. Um, her name is Joy. And she started a business. So she is a very successful um, aesthetics clinic here in Vancouver called Touch of Joy. And she doesn't have any university experience, but she was able to start this. And so I really looked up to that. And so I just thought like, you know what, I don't think I need school in order to start a business, but what I need is a reason, like a good reason to start a business. Cause I don't want a purpose. Yeah. Exactly. Cause I knew, I knew I wanted to start a business. I just didn't know what I knew. I wanted to do something good in this, in this world, but I just didn't know how. And so, you know, when I went to the Philippines, that spark and that fire lit inside me like, this is what I can do. I have this opportunity. I know I'm young. I'm only like 19 at the time. I know I'm young, but I think this is what I'm supposed to do right now. This is an opportunity that's available. I'm able to start this and I can help these people. I can help these farmers um, support them and also bring to Canada these premium products, amazing Filipino products that people can enjoy. And so I think that's when it started is when I saw it for myself back in 2017, 2018. Wow. Incredible. And we say like, that is amazing. At such a young age, you already had that entrepreneurial spirit, like, you know, that spark, <laughs> like that fire, like, Hey, I want to do something good. I found this purpose. Like th we have some amazing products that we could share with everybody from the Philippines. Like this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm really able to put my heart into it. And you know, you're totally right. Like it doesn't, in, in different contexts, like that's when education would be of value, but that doesn't mean that that should be the limitation or, or a criteria. If you have the heart and the purpose and the drive, then that, you know, that will definitely carry you to build this brand, build this business. And so that's such an amazing thing. Yeah. Now we wanted to just take it back mm -hmm. a bit to the farmers. You know, you, you mentioned even just now, you mentioned genuine interest to really support them, right? Provide and help them with a sustainable livelihood. Like why mm -hmm. was it so meaningful for you to, play a role in, in uh, making that happen, making that possible. As we know, and I think in, uh, in our previous episodes, we've touched on many times that Filipino workers, Filipino products, agriculture, uh, the industry is exploited, right? And um, specifically, you know, in this uh, yeah. in coconut farming, um, some children don't see any value with carrying on that business. And so, you know, they end up uh, landing in such 
unsafe situations, um, unpleasant situations because they don't see that future. So can you share with us why it was meaningful for you, why it was important to play a role to make sure and ensure um, that uh, you are able to help in providing a sustainable livelihood? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, This is going to be more personal, but this is like my personal reason to continue with this business. It's with my mom's side of the family, they didn't grow up very rich in the Philippines. They were actually quite poor. And so life for them was very hard. They weren't necessarily farmers themselves, but um, it was just a really hard life for them. And um, just hearing the stories from my mom and what they had to go through in order to just have rice and fish to eat, um, it was really hard. And so also hearing the stories from the farmers, I could see like life for them is really hard. And I can see that a lot of the parents and grandparents are a bit sad because their grandchildren or children are not inspired to continue on with the work of farming. And it's, it's a shame because, you know, without farming, nobody eats. People need to eat. People we need farming in order to survive, but the children feel that it's 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 just not something that inspires them. It's not something that makes them feel proud to be a farmer. And so it's a sad reality that's not talked about enough, but a lot of these children a lot of them might, you know, run away or they um, say like, no, I don't want to be in farming. I want to go to the city. And if they don't have any direction, a lot of them might get pulled into um, dangerous situations or like human trafficking. And we don't we don't know exactly what happens. But I have family members that work with um, at a safe house for women and children that have been pulled into those um, situations. And a lot of them came from poor families that were maybe doing some farming, but they just felt like this isn't what I want to do. They end up trying to find their own path and they get pulled into these situations. And it's so sad. And um, I feel that Buku Baba has a role to play to help in these situations. And maybe we're, we're moving towards that, but I would love it if I could come to a point uh, with our business that we could really, truly, um, you know, financially support these organizations that are helping make a difference. And then also just directly helping and inspiring the farmers and their children to say like, you know what? Farming is cool. Farming is awesome. We need, we need farmers like you to have good quality food to eat. And so I think this is what inspires me to continue on with this business um, and just continue doing uh, what we're doing. Even just, you know, every, every product that we sell is making a difference. Amazing. Um, Archie, do you have anything to ask Ed while we're here? Yeah, I actually wanted to go back on um, wanting to pursue Buku Baba. At what point um, were you like, my passion is over stability at this point with my products and what you wanted to do with your business? Like, how do you, at what point where are you, would you put that first, your passion over the stability of your business of Buku Baba? Mm, I see. Hmm. Well, I really do believe that everybody's got a purpose 
And I really believe that everybody's got an opportunity to do good in this world. And it is a passion of mine to, well, food is my passion, but it's also a passion. Yeah, girl. <laughs> 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 passion. Yeah. Oh, I'm very oh. passionate with eating lots yes. and eating well. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but of course, lots of buko baba coco jam on everything. Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> yes. on everything. Right, slather that on. Sorry, carry no. on. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really believe like we've all got a purpose, and so you know, I don't, I don't know what the future of buko baba necessarily is going to look like, but I really believe during the uh, during this moment, we have a job to do to support these Filipino farmers. And it's really my goal to continue with this business in order that I may help them and bless them with this business. So actually, Buko Baba's um, motto is, you have the power to do good. You have the power to do good for your body, for your soul, and for the people around you, for the rest of the world. Um, And actually, on our... Um, jars and all of our bottles and jars, the packaging, there's a script on the side and it's written in uh, the native Filipino uh, Babayan script. So this was uh, pre-colonial times. This is how uh, we used to write. And um, it's actually a proverb, Proverbs 327, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when when it is in your power to act. And so we really stand... Um, upon this that you know if you have the opportunity to do good for other people then you take that opportunity wow so inspiring i love that oh my goodness (laughs) like you're one of the most inspiring people i'd ever encountered and you know to be so rooted not only in doing good and having a purpose helping others like really embodying kapwa like i want to help my people i want to do good and share it with the world Mm. how i can do it providing some high quality premium healthy things good for your body good for your skin and so and this is something that I can stand behind like so amazing and you're so young too so like you inspired me girl like that's amazing so I want to go fast forward to today right so um, like you mentioned you were very intentional with um, creating pre-colonial script uh, with Mm -hmm. Ryan so you and you were also very intentional with making the packaging um, so visually appealing with you know with a really approachable really clean um engaging look um and also incorporating like the flag and there's like a jeepney Mm. (laughs) it's so cute um why was it so important for you to build your brand leading with that filipino identity like what was your um your like your strategy or what were you thinking what was going through your head through your heart like this is why i want to you know uh this is how i want to introduce this product and i'm going to start with all of these filipino um symbols and script and very rooted really in the culture so yeah tell Mm -hmm. us uh, tell us kind of the inspiration behind that yeah so um i grew up being very 
like artistic. I love to draw. I love to paint like any, any type of art media that I can get my hands on. I love to do it. Um, and so I knew that when I started this business that I would want to be, uh, the creative director of the brand. I wanted to, I wanted to, um, create it myself. And so I took pride in that. Um, but I also wanted to, I wanted it to be relatable also to the kind of people that might be buying this product. And this isn't to put any brand down, but I just noticed that a lot of the Filipino brands, maybe they were not speaking or relating to the average non-Filipino. Um, so, uh, in Vancouver. So I just thought, well, maybe if lots of red, white, and blue, oh, no, red, yellow, and blues and <laughs> multicolors. Yeah. It's very colorful. And yeah, but you need to talk to your consumer. And if you want to share it with a non-Filipino audience, you also have to re-strategize. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Innovate. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, what I was, and I was doing some like packaging research, like what, what makes somebody want to pick up a product? What makes, what, what catches people's eyes? And I was looking on the shelves and I noticed that there's a lot of colors. Like there's, there's so many colors and you know, I love colors. Um, but I think what I wanted to go for was something very clean, very modern and, um, but still is rooted in Filipino uh, culture. So this is why I kept the colors very minimal. So the packaging's white, um, and and the script is black. But then, if you look at it, you can see on the side there's again that Babayan script, the the original um, writing script that we used to write in before um, the the Spaniards came. Um, and I also included a jeepney, which is a main way of transportation in the Philippines. And um, I really thought it would make people wonder, like, what is that? Like, I know that's the Filipino flag, but why is it shaped like this truck? Like, and it would just be a conversation starter. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wanted it to be easy for people to easily read what it is and just make it super simple. Like this is coconut jam. This is coconut oil and not have too many like emblems or, or, uh, images. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just, I just thought that this will be a good way to start anyways, not make it too complicated. And, uh, so far a lot of people have expressed to me that they really like the packaging and that it's, it's very clean and modern looking and that they even like displaying it on their kitchen. Like they don't hide it in the cupboard. They display it because they're proud of it. And so it's really encouraging to hear this and, um, you know, whether I'm going to, um, you know, improve upon the packaging, I'm not sure yet. So far, it seems to be doing well. So for now, we'll just keep it. I think you should leave it. It's so iconic now. <laughs> yeah, the way that it looks right now, like immediately, you know, like that's Bukubaba. Like it's mm-hmm. such an iconic look. It's so clean. It Like people might say like, oh, it's minimalistic. It's very simple, but it's very sharp and impactful. Mm-hmm. And for there to be by buying script, for there to have a little jeepney, like, it, you know, it's amazing because this is how you're able to speak to others about our culture um, and delivering it in a way that is universally appealing that is like visually 
Um, Archie has a question about the product. So right now we know it's in small batches and I'm sure, you know, now actually, congratulations, you're stocked in so many places. So, <laughs> yeah. so many wonderful places. Um, uh, <laughs> more you. and more, you know, there's going to be some, uh, there's more and more, there's going to be some demand. There's people are going to want, you know, more of the product. And I think Archie has a question in regards uh, to that. What did you want to ask? Yeah. So because it is a great product, will you be able to keep up with the traditional practices through a rise in demand? Or if, if there were to be a rise in consumption, would you be able to keep up with that? Mm, this is a great question. Um, so right now, we're working with that small facility, the small uh, farmers uh, in the Philippines. And so um, right now you can see we're not in Whole Foods yet because we don't want to be because we knew we knew that they would you know, want to order a lot. And we're just not, we just don't want to do that yet. Right now we're focusing on the smaller businesses, the niche markets, um, the places where, you know, the people working there can talk to the customers directly and say, Hey, I've tried this coconut jam before. It's amazing. I put it on my toast. And then it, that's a, I feel like that's a better strategy in order to, you know, just also be able to keep up with the demand, but also have people recognize what Bukubaba is and for people to discover us um, rather than being in those big, big stores like Costco or, or um, Superstore. I feel that um, Bukubaba does not belong there. Um, yeah, at least in this moment, it doesn't. Um, so yeah, I think currently we're, we're, we're doing fine and it's, we're able to keep up what the future looks like. I don't want to compromise though on the quality and I really want to make sure that we're, um, yeah, we're keeping that quality because that's, that's kind of our mission is to one, support the farmers, but also provide healthy quality food from the Philippines. Um, we don't want to compromise on the quality. Wonderful. Thank you for that. Now, um, you know, we're obviously, you know, we've talked a lot about some of the products and for more context for our listeners, can you actually share uh, what's in your line of products? So we, we mentioned Coco Jam. Can you share kind of what is included within the Bukubaba line? Yes, for sure. So we first started with two products. Um, it was coconut oil which is um, virgin, it's raw, and it's made without using any heat. So it keeps all the micronutrients, fatty acids. It's amazing. Put it in your smoothies, put it in your hair, put it on your body. It's amazing. The other product that we had was uh, coconut jams. And we had two variants. We had the classic, which is only two ingredients, coconut milk, coconut sugar. And then the other one, that we had had added cacao. So for those that really like chocolate, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I am I as a regular consumer of the cocoa jam with cacao, it is so <laughs> addicting, everybody. Like it is so good. I've posted Raquel has seen it where I will literally put my Nespresso into the jar oh. itself just to take every little bit of it left. Wow. It is so good. <laughs> so good. Sorry, carry on. Coconut oil and we got coconut yeah. uh, jam, cocoa jam yeah. with cacao. And, and what else? So, and then we started to bring in um, vinegars. And so we brought 
brought in coconut cider vinegar, which is your alternative to apple cider vinegar. But you'll, when you taste it, it actually tastes very similar. You might even find that the coconut cider vinegar will be less acidic tasting. Yeah, oh, and nice. it's really great if you're making like adobo or if you're just um, uh, making a salad, you just want to put a dressing. Oh, great. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also really good for your gut health in the morning. You take it with water. Yeah. Um, and then we also have coconut black vinegar, which is your alternative to balsamic vinegar. So instead of grapes, it's made from coconuts. And uh, a note, um, all of... <laughs> I know. And all of our um, products are three ingredients or less. So we keep it really, really simple. Um, The coconut black vinegar, it has like a very deep um, taste, I guess, a a deep kind of aroma. And um, it really tastes similar to uh, balsamic vinegar. You can use it the same way. You can reduce it in a pan you can make it into like a drizzle on your pizza or something or again put it in your salads or marinades so it's very versatile and then the other uh, one that we have is coconut amino sauce and that is your uh, alternative to soy sauce and it's really it's really good because uh, a lot of people maybe they can't have soy or um, yeah they're sensitive to it and so this is a great alternative to use in your stir fries um, you can use it by itself just like on top of your salmon or your your food it's it's really easy to uh, to season your food with um, yeah so that's one of my favorite products is the coconut amino sauce and then. One of the other ones that we brought in was coconut MCT. Have you heard of coconut MCT? Yeah, I know it for, uh, I've heard of MCT oil for like keto, um, keto diets too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Exactly. I think I've seen uh, a Buku Baba actually. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. seen maybe your videos actually with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so MCT oil is really unique because um, it's not, we're not, you're not really supposed to cook with it necessarily, but you would add it into your smoothies, into your coffee, on top of your food, just as like a supplement. And what it does is it helps um, boost your energy. But instead of using glucose, it uh, it uses ketones. So it produces ketones in the brain, which is, it's actually your brain's preferred source of energy. And so um, for those people that really just need to focus on something or maybe they need a boost of energy, um, it's really good for those reasons. If you're athletic, um, some people use it as like a, like a, an alternative to pre-workout because pre-workout makes them too jittery. And so MCT oil does a really good job of just having that sustained energy throughout the day. Um, for myself, like I like to drink coffee once in a while. And before I would take MCT, maybe I would need like three, maybe four coffees a day. But if you add MCT to your coffee and you froth it, um, I only need one coffee a day. Amazing. Actually, yeah. uh, Archie, I called it something. What did you call it? <laughs> I called it coconut crack. <laughs> I was like, yo, she got coconut crack, like the good kind, you know, like the healthy crack. Yeah, <laughs> oh I'm going to need some of that. No, that's I amazing. That. Um, actually, you know, you mentioned kind of some of um, 
so, some ideas to, in using some of the products. Um, one of my favorite ones, mm. and I posted about it before, is my favorite like go-to recipes, especially for like breakfast or something. Um, it's to slather that cocoa jam with a really tart cheese. It is like so good. Ooh, yes. Just the balance of like, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's like an Asiago or a Parmesan, like something of a really sharp, sharp, yeah, sharp tart mm-hmm. cheese with the yeah. uh, cocoa jam or just even by um, cocoa jam with the cacao. Um, oh, it's yes. it's amazing. What is one of like, oh, what yeah. is one or two of your like go-to with some of the Buku Baba um, products that your go-to mm-hmm. snacks or go-to recipes? Mm-hmm. Right now, well, because it's like strawberry season, um, it's, guys, you got to try this. Strawberries with Buku Baba. It's so good. Oh my gosh, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. So when I was doing um, like sampling before COVID, that's what I would do. I would have cheese or strawberries um, with the Buku Baba jam and people loved it. So I, I that's my go-to snack is strawberries with the Buku Baba jam, whether the classic or the cacao. Um, and then... The other one, well, it's not really a snack, but I just put coconut amino sauce on everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just put it on everything. Coconut crack, right? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't yeah. have to be the jam yet. It's the amino sauce, like you said. And yeah. Yeah, the, the uh, black vinegar, because it's mm-hmm. like another alternative to balsamic. So yes. you guys know where to go if you want some coconut crack, right? Some really <laughs> amazing product. If you want to offer your charcuterie boards, and bukabala yes. to go to. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, good for charcuterie, the jams. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, lastly, um, you know, what is your hope and vision for the future of Bukubaba? You know, what you are obviously one of the um, one of the people here, one of the leaders in um, the Filipino food movement by providing um, really high quality premium Philippine products. Um, yeah, what is your hope and your vision, and what do you hope to achieve for your community? Mm. Well, for me, I really hope to see Bukubaba to be a good business that helps reignite interest and pride in the Philippines' traditional foods and bring awareness of the Philippines' culture, history um, to the rest of the world. And I envision Bukobaba, you know, expanding even outside of Canada, like into the U.S., maybe even worldwide. Um, I just really want to showcase and uh, the Philippines to people because I'm really proud of what we have to offer um, and the amazing coconut products we have. Um, and I'm really proud to be part of the Filipino move, uh, cuisine movement here in Vancouver. Um, I think that it's growing. I think people are becoming more aware of Filipino food and how uh, good it is. And, and, um, I think that even one day we could even be as popular as Indian or Chinese cuisine. Like I can really see that happening. Um, I think there's so much for people here to discover about our culture and our food. And, uh, this is really just the beginning. Fantastic. Do you have any last notes, comments, Chia? No, but I do want to try more of this, like all of the products that you have, everything. Yes. (laughs) So before we close it off, we wanted you to share the meaning behind the name Bukubaba. Ano ba yung Bukubaba? Please tell us. (laughs) Yes. 
So let me tell you. So Bukubaba is actually two words merged together. Um, so in Tagalog, buko means young coconut. And Baba is kind of like the personal family touch. So I'm half Scottish. And on that side of my family, we call the little children Baba. And it's kind of like, it kind of means like baby. And I'm still called Baba by my parents and uh, my Lolos and um, Lolas. And they're, they're, um, they tell me like, oh, Baba, can you get this? Or that's what they call me. Um, and funny enough, it got passed down to a lot of my cousins in the Philippines. So you could say that Buko Baba roughly translate to coconut baby. coconut coconut baby either way you do it is the most adorable (laughs) thing in the world love it love it so much oh great well thank you again for coming on to our show please tell our listeners where they can find buko baba yes so you can find us online and uh, our website is www.bukobaba.ca um you can find us on instagram at bukobaba.essentials and then um on our website too you can find a lot of the stockists that carry bukobaba if you're in vancouver or toronto um you'll be able to find it in stores wonderful That's thank awesome. you so much yeah thank you thank Amazing. you again Thank you both for having me. Thank you again for joining us for this special episode as we are close to rounding off our Community Cultivator Series for Filipino Heritage Month here in Canada. We'd like to say a special shout out to Andrew Alojado who inspired this series back when we first chatted with him and in September 2020. It was because of Andrew that inspired us to feature some amazing community cultivators who are really paving the way for bringing and putting Filipino products on the map on the world stage for everyone to get to know and leading with Filipino identity being rooted in community embodying Kapwa and just showing everybody what it means to be Filipino of course continue to catch us on the next episode Um, we'd like to say thank you to our partners Petito Corner BC for continuing to support the show and CITR 101.9 FM thank you so much for continuing to support this podcast if you are on filipino time make sure you catch us every monday on citr 101.9 fm at 11 a.m this is archie your host catch us on the next one let's get it (laughs) 